Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to The Athletic Best on the Board presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller here with you kicking off our region-by-region breakdown of the NCAA tournament. Of course, all the action getting going on Thursday, but for those of us making picks, the action's already started. We are filling out brackets, we are taking a look at this whole field of 68 and how we think it's going to boil down to eight teams and then four teams and then the national champion just a few weeks from now. So we're going to take you region by region, highlighting uh, what the top seeds are going to be dealing with, some double-digit seeds that we think could make some noise, really everything you think about when you're filling out a bracket. This first episode, we take a look at the West region, and to do that with me, I've got Eamon Brennan, National College Basketball Reporter here at The Athletic. Eamon, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Happy to do it. How are you? I am doing good. I am excited. This uh, this is going to be a fun tournament, as so many of us have been talking about. It feels like the first uh, normalish tournament that we've had in three years now. So uh, really ready for Thursday to get here. And this West region, I, I mean, this one feels like uh, it could get topsy turvy. Uh, Gonzaga, the number one overall seed, the number one seed in this region. Uh, it's a one seed path. Maybe they didn't get as many favors as some of the other one seeds, but. Uh, they've they've got a, a path ahead of them that could include Arkansas or Connecticut in the uh, in the Sweet 16. It could include Duke in the Elite Eight if the chalk holds. How do you look at the path specifically for those top two seeds? Gonzaga on the top half of this and Duke on the bottom half. Yeah, I think Gonzaga's path maybe isn't as identifiably straightforward as a team like Kansas on the other half of the bracket. Um, but <laughs> I do think I agree that, with you on that. Yeah. You know, Boise State and Memphis in the second round, I think either of those teams are, are good teams. Memphis is, you know, basically mm-hmm. since early February, when Amoni Bates left the team, has been playing like one of the five or ten best teams in the country on a pretty reliable basis. Like, it's a pretty extended sample size. Um, they weren't that good against Houston on Sunday, and I think they have some flaws. Uh, but defensively, they're kind of back to where they were last year when they won the NIT and finished as the best defensive team in the country on Kempom. Um, so that's a little bit scary for, for Gonzaga because there's talent there with a guy like Jalen Duran who won't look out of place at all against Chet Holmgren and, Doom, and Drew Timmy, which you're just not going to get that often in this bracket, right? Like Gonzaga looks like the best team in the country and the most talented, and, and usually you don't have guys that pass the airport test with them. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky mm-hmm. run, but I can see Gonzaga being good enough and kind of flexible enough to get by. You know, I can see them, I can see them outscoring Memphis in the second round. I can see them... Um, having too much for either Arkansas or UConn. I think Arkansas is the most likely opponent there. I think Arkansas is <laughs> is probably, I mean, the third best team. No, I don't. I, they are the fourth best team in this bracket, but they're close to being the third. They are they're, they're close to being the third best team in this bracket. You know what I mean? Um, and then, yeah, Duke on the other end, you know, 
Alabama, I have no idea what to expect from them at this point, except the unexpected. They're they're all over the place, really, for me. Um, Michigan State-Davidson, either one of those teams could be a really tough matchup for Duke in the second round, especially if Duke isn't guarding, either Michigan State or Davidson. If Michigan State doesn't turn the ball over, they're a really efficient, good offensive team. They usually turn the ball over, but the nights they don't, they can they can really beat you badly. And Davidson is a, a smooth off, offensive machine with five guys who all score it from all over the place. It's like a top-tier Bob McKillop team. Um, and if Duke plays defense like they did against Virginia Tech, they could get smoked off the floor. But even if they are playing well in those, in those first two rounds, the idea of having Texas Tech in the third round, I think Texas Tech might be the perfect team to play against Duke. You know, they're 6'5 to 6'8 at every position on the floor. Super athletic, defensively insane. I can see those Duke freshmen being like, "Whoa, what is this? Like, what are we dealing with here? Like, I don't, we don't. There's nobody who plays defense like this in the in the ACC. Like, this is insane. Can you guys take it down a notch? So I could, you know, I, I can see that being the the matchup that really trips Duke up because I do think they have a challenging a challenging half of that bracket. Yeah, absolutely. It's there, there's so many storylines that we could end up seeing in, in that in that half of the bracket with uh, with everything you said. I mean, uh, Duke's potential second round matchup against either Michigan State or Davidson, Alabama being a team that could you know come out one night and throw up ninety points and then come out the next night and give up ninety points and, and just look terrible. I mean, there are so many different ways that the bottom half of that bracket can go, and maybe it does include a, a little bit of noise from a double digit seed. I think Davidson would be the team in that half of the bracket that would most likely do it in the top half of the bracket you've got new mexico state you've got vermont is there any team uh, in this double digit group from this region that you could see making some noise and let me just say no is a perfectly acceptable answer we know not every single region's going to have a 12 or a 13 or a 10 whatever it might be that is making some noise but is there anyone in this west region that jumps out at you yeah i mean i mentioned them earlier but maybe davidson um you know i think uh if they're hot offensively, they can they can beat anybody. Um, they're they're a really really good offensive team. Unfortunately, not unlike a lot of Bob McKillop teams, defensively they don't you know they don't really um, scare you. Let's put it that way. So it's not you know the kind of the game you saw against Dayton with them is not unusual in that um, if they're not or, or it wasn't like super surprising because Dayton's smart. They control tempo. They play their their style. You get into possession by possession sort of game. Um, you know, Davidson's very beatable, but if they are moving the ball, hitting threes, everything's flowing for them. You can get down to them by 10 or 15 points pretty quickly. Um, so that's, that's really kind of the the barometer for them and we'll kind of see how it looks against Michigan state. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know that this region has like, I think Vermont maybe with a different matchup in the first round. I just, Mm -hmm. I find it really Mm -hmm. hard to imagine them getting past, um, getting past Arkansas. Maybe I'll take New Mexico State in my bracket, even though I don't think they'll beat UConn, just because I think Arkansas is kind of like locked into the Elite Eight here. Um, or, or, par- or pardon me, to the, okay. pardon me, yeah. uh, to the Sweet 16. To the, to the Sweet sure. 16. Um, that would have been that would have been spicy, but uh, yeah. I have Gonzaga winning the whole thing. It's very boring, but I think this is the year they probably do it. But Arkansas, th- that's kind of my thinking on Arkansas, right? Is like they're going to be in the Sweet uh-huh. 16. They're going to get Gonzaga a good game, so... Maybe you take New Mexico State if you're doing a bracket just to kind of like, well, I don't have this team going past the second round anyway. But no, that's kind of it in that area for double-digit seeds. Yeah, we're in agreement there. And so like going into the next topic we're going to be talking about on every one of these region-by-region episodes, the double-digit seed not to fall for. When you're filling out a bracket, that's just as important, the ones not to fall for. Mm. I, I, I really don't like Vermont. I would have liked, for, again, I, I think a different matchup for this Vermont team 
could have worked out all right for them. You take them out of this region, you put them up against, I don't know, not not necessarily, maybe Providence, you flip them with South Dakota State. I could talk myself into them knocking off Pro, knocking off Providence, and, and that's something for, for a different episode. But they don't rebound very well offensively. They don't force turnovers. And that's two things that you're looking for in a formula for a team to pull off an upset against a team that is obviously more talented, and that's just the case when Arkansas and Vermont get together here. So I I feel like they would have to shoot the three extremely, extremely well Mm -hmm. to be able to pull off an upset against Arkansas. I'm not really going for that one. Whoever wins the Rutgers-Notre Dame game, again, Alabama's been so up and down this season. And, you know, you could say an 11-6 matchup, especially when the 11 seed is coming from a power conference, maybe isn't, you know, quite the uh, Sweet 16 Cinderella that we would see if it were a team like Vermont or New Mexico State. But I just, uh, as up and down as Alabama's been, I just, I, I can't really see Rutgers or Notre Dame getting off that line uh, and, and slowing Alabama down enough or being able to have enough of their own offense going to counteract what Alabama generally is able to do I think on the he, offensive he, end of the floor. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I'm, I think of Rutgers, I could picture it. Notre Dame, I find it hard to, to imagine mm-hmm. against Alabama just because Notre Dame has a bad habit of kind of letting you do what you want on the defense, on the offensive end. They don't come out. <laughs> Of their shell, they don't get after you. It's a really nice offensive team, but um, just to, like I think Alabama would just run their stuff and, and get buckets against them pretty easily. But Rutgers has a little bit more to them, and oh, I could see a bad a bad Alabama night, decent Rutgers night. Ron Harper makes a shot at the end to win it. Like you know, mm-hmm. I could see that happening. I don't know if I pick, if I pick uh, Rutgers to go that much further in the bracket though. So you know, one game only gets you so far. They're looking at a very tough matchup if they were able to pull off first win the first four game against Notre Dame, yeah. then pull off. They would be uh, they would be a slight underdog to Alabama, so we could call that a mini upset over Alabama. Then you're looking at a Texas Tech matchup that certainly could be brutal, and a lot of people picking Texas Tech to uh, you know not only get to the Sweet 16 where they're expected to get, but you know pull off uh, if chalk holds, pull off a mini upset over Duke and get to the Elite Eight and potentially give Gonzaga uh, one of the toughest tests that they could see if they do indeed end up into the Final Four. So uh, Texas Tech, not an Elite Eight sleeper. Are there any Elite Eight sleepers for you in this region? Not really. No, I mean, I I think Arkansas is the one that people that are like casual fans might look at and not Mm -hmm. see sort of um, what I see with them, which is how how much better they've gotten over the last month. And like Musselman's kind of figured it out and they're really rolling. So I I think they're better than a four seed. So maybe maybe that's the one you go with. And I kind of mentioned them earlier. Um, you know, it's totally conceivable that they could beat Gonzaga. You know what I mean? Gonzaga is not this like Gonzaga is not Gonzaga last year. You know, they're mm-hmm. not this towering Titan that is just going to like smoke everybody before they get to the final four. Uh, I think they'll go to the final four, but I don't know that they're as good as, or, or as untouchable as they were last year. Um, so Arkansas is, is a, is a decent shout, I think. And the lead eight team from a year ago, also Arkansas. And I agree with you. Like I, that was a team that I was. We talk about draw being paramount uh, in this NCAA tournament every single year, and it's true. We we talk about it. it's a cliche, but it's also true. And so Arkansas was a team that before the bracket was revealed, I was mentally ready to be picking into the Elite Eight as a four seed, and then they get matched up with Gonzaga. I would be, I'd feel a lot better about them in almost any other region getting beyond the Sweet 16. That Gonzaga matchup, I think that could be a hell of a game and wouldn't be totally shocked if Arkansas pulled off an upset should that matchup come to pass, but I do think it's tough. Is it crazy to say Davidson? In this spot, I mean, you talked about earlier what the reasons you like him and them being this sort of classic Bob McKillop team. Is it crazy to think that they 
knock off Michigan State, knock off Duke, knock off Texas Tech, and are looking at an Elite Eight berth this season? I mean, it's not crazy. It's three games, and you get hot for three games. I can see it. I just think you could say that about everybody in the bracket, really, and I think it would take that, particularly against Duke. Like, I think they uh-huh. can give Duke like a real scare, but I don't know how they're going to get stops against Duke. You know, I yeah. and and I think I think Duke's defense has been a little shaky lately, but I can one hundred percent see Paolo Boncaro getting as many of those sort of double clutch finger roll layup things that he gets uh, like a steady diet (laughs) of you know and you can picture it in your mind right now of him just muscling for sure every Dayton defender under the rim so it's it's kind of tough for me to picture um just because they they you know if their shots and the the inverse with Davidson is their shots don't fall they're going home against Michigan State right away because they don't really go so they're they're very sort of if they get hot kind of team now's the time to save 30 percent on wedding jewelry only on bluenile.com Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, let's take a look at the very final thing that we're going to be looking at for these region-by-region previews, and that is an Elite Eight matchup and a winner of that matchup. What do you think we're looking at for the final game of the West region? Oh, let's see. Uh, I'll go with Texas Tech and Gonzaga. Okay. And I've got Gonzaga going to the Final Four. So te- is this a uh, is this a chalk? I mean, the way we've been talking over these last fifteen minutes or so, it sounds like you're you're expecting chalk. Gonzaga, Arkansas on top, Texas Tech, Duke on the bottom, with Gonzaga knocking off Texas Tech. That's what I would have right now. When I actually fill my bracket out and go through game by game in in a slightly more, you know, I maybe I am the kind like I said, I might maybe I'll throw New Mexico State in there as my upset because I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to get very far, and that'll inevitably come back to hurt me. Or maybe I'll pick that that Alabama upset, but. But yeah, I think this is a one through four. I think those are the clear four best teams. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll have Duke getting knocked off again because I think they'll lose to Texas Tech. So maybe it's just like worth it for me to to throw them under the bus to Michigan State or something <laughs> like that. Sure. Um, but you know, yeah, I think that I think Texas Tech and, and Gonzaga are the two best teams in this region. I don't think Duke is a two seed. I think they were overseeded. Mm-hmm. I think they got a tough a tough run. So it's kind of okay, you know? Um, right. Like I w- if I was Tennessee, I wouldn't really want to swap my, my place with Duke. And so I think you'll see that catch up to them. I think Texas Tech will will ultimately win that game and and, um, and give Gonzaga one just heck of a run in the Elite Eight, and Gonzaga will, will sneak by in the end. What does a, a Texas Tech upset of Gonzaga look like? I mean, it's 62 to 60, and it's – just an absolute grinder on the defensive end. I mean, I think, you know, we saw these two teams play already and mm-hmm. Gonzaga handled them pretty easily. And it was late in the non-conference calendar. It was late December. And um, it was the first time that I think Gonzaga really shot the ball well uh, and, and really started to get into what they ended up looking like in conference play where they were – you know, whereas, you know, they played UCLA, just dominated UCLA, and Mick Cronin was furious about how UCLA played defensively. Duke and Alabama, their two losses, were defensively not very good, and also they, they couldn't make a three to save their life. And it was a total sort of reverse from what you saw with Gonzaga last year, where, where everything went in. Um, but Texas Tech, they started making some shots, and they had to to win that game. Texas Tech's offensively struggled. Um, 
I think their Texas Tech is a lot better now, and I think that uh, Gonzaga has sort of found itself in how it wants to play. But but we saw it with St. Mary's. You know, St. Mary's held them to fifty seven points and seventy one mm-hmm. possessions. It is possible to do if you really get after them defensively. Um, they're not going to roll over everybody this year. They're going to have some tight games. I think Texas Tech is more than capable of of playing them and, and, and not having the matchup issues that a lot of teams have with them, with Chet Holmgren specifically, because of right. what a weird, lanky player he is. Texas Tech just switches everything anyway. So they'll just mm-hmm. they'll just do their usual stuff, and I think they can, they can give Gonzaga a real run. I think that you know if if you're Gonzaga and you're never you're never going to come out and Mark Few's not going to go on TV in the next few days and say you know if we make it to the Elite Eight we would rather see Duke than uh, than, than Texas Tech <laughs> but I think you, you get some you get some truth serum into him and I think that that's probably what he would say just based on the way those teams match up against each other for me it is going to be even chalkier I've got I've got Duke uh, as as maddening as they have been especially on the defensive end and especially recently on the defensive end I still think that 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 just top level top tier talent is going to find a way over these next couple of weeks. I think they get into the Elite Eight. I think they go down to Gonzaga, and Gonzaga is back in the Final Four once again. It's going to be a fun one. I mean, like this this region is uh, Gonzaga uh, no favors as far as a one seed goes with uh, with the the path that they're going to have to navigate to get to New Orleans and, and the Final Four. But it's a very fun region and one where you know we, we you've got a one versus three. I've got a one versus two. Wouldn't be shocked if we're talking about Arkansas or Connecticut against you know Duke or Texas Tech or. Alabama again, like Alabama is the wild card for me in this region because of just how good that offense is. And like, would it be crazy for them to string together three straight, you know, one point one five point per possession games and and just be end up in the elite eight? Like, that wouldn't be crazy at all. No, not at all. Don't forget, Alabama beat Gonzaga in Seattle. Like their 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 top end performance is is high. Um, Their ability to sustain. I mean, they beat Baylor at home by almost by double digits as well. Like Alabama's beaten some good teams this year, man. Uh Um, And they've also lost a bunch of games where you're just like, what (laughs) is going on? So, yeah, you're right. They're a total wild card. They're a total type of team that like I'm not going to put anything behind them. You know, if I was betting, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't bet on them. If I was picking a bracket, I wouldn't pick them just because you can't. I don't think you can trust them. But they're 100 percent a team that going into the tournament, we can all sit here and say, you know, look out for Alabama because you don't know what you're going to get. And if you get a top level performance from them, they can beat anybody in the country. West region going to be a very fun one to watch over these next couple of weeks. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Be sure to check out all of our regional previews and all the preview content we've got coming your way this week on this podcast. For Eamon Brennan, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.